Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Kodiak Shack podcast. Today, we have one of my friends, uh, Mosey Rosecrans. I've known him for years. We were in pilot training together, uh, and we were roommates. We got a a long, storied past, and we're going to tell you none of those stories uh, because we don't want to go to jail. The the, uh, remember, like, share, subscribe, and uh, tell everybody about the show. Uh, Donations are always open. Uh, show, it will be in the show notes and uh, info at KodiakShack.com is how you reach out and tell us how good or bad we're doing. Uh, Mosey, thanks for being here. Tell us about yourself. You got it. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hello, listeners. My name is Ron and I like to party. <laughs> I'm a stuntman. <laughs> no, no. Mm. Uh, seriously, that was very official. But uh, yeah, Mosey, uh, come from the famous... El Paso, Texas. I don't know if you've ever Ooh. been there. Yeah, talk it up. Good food. Uh, let's see. I've been in the guard now for 18 years. Prior enlisted as a firefighter, and now a, a part-time F-16 pilot and full-time queeper. <laughs> there you go. Good on you. The uh, yeah, Mosey and I we went to pilot training at uh, Columbus Air Force Base together a while ago, uh, and then uh, we ended up. Both going well. He knew he was going to the F sixteen because he got hired by Tucson, and then uh, and then he went out to. Uh, you want me to tell where you're at? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he went out to McIntyre Air National Guard Base in South Carolina uh, to do seasoning because you can't go to Tucson directly out of pilot training uh, because they have IPs only in the squadron. So he's been out there ever since. So uh, so how was how was being an old fighter pilot or a firefighter before being a fighter pilot? Dude, it was great, man. I mean, it's kind of similar to being in a fighter squad. And, you know, you get pretty close with the guys you're on shift with. And obviously you get time to work out and cook dinner and stuff together. So, I mean, it was cool. I mean, minus all the stuff you see in real life. But other than that, it was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Well, I think that's the tough part about being a firefighter is you do so much more than just fight fires. You know, you do... EMT and you do all that kind of stuff, but you get to drive big trucks. So yeah, that was, that was fun. Just driving the big truck is always a good time. Yep. The, uh, well, and people probably don't know this, but McIntyre has a fire truck and they have their own driver of said fire truck right here. Mosey, dual hat in it. Uh, yeah, well, recent events, uh, we kind of, it kind of became a liability more than anything else. I think so, it's always uh, been a liability. Yeah, you know, you know, the upkeep was uh, was minimal at best, but uh, it turns out we sold it, so we have no more fire truck. Oh, that's a sad day. I know. Turn, turns out always, old. What's up? It was always entertaining driving 50 people sitting on the top of the truck around. It's just like, this is very safe. Yeah, not dangerous at all. <laughs> at least it was only around the flight line, and 
the town itself. But other than that, <laughs> I guess fire trucks, especially old ones, need a lot of upkeep. So yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah, you know, um, buy a smaller one next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, fire trucks can't be cheap. I assume that didn't uh, was not a small purchase. No, but uh, I think that was a donation from uh, Big Dog. Nice. Oh. The uh, yeah, there's one thing that happens with the Air National Guard for everybody is that a lot of guys that have retired that move on uh, normally to the airlines, uh, they'll still stay well connected and they'll still stay much part of the squadron. So there's uh, I spent time at McIntyre as well and in. There's definitely a good uh, Silver Fox uh, is what I believe they're referred to, and that network is strong. Yeah, they're pretty good. I got to see uh, Chester the other day before we did a old practice scramble. Oh, nice. I was uh, not focused on what I was doing. (laughs) I was like, Chester! uh, Yeah. Was he doing a uh, a comeback for a Mad Dog tour, a little mission director? Yeah, you know, he's like, I'll be in the game room for the next 10 hours. (laughs) (laughs) So a normal alert day for chess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah so one uh, sit and alert is, I mean, it pretty, not every guard unit sits it, but I'd say most guard units sit alert. Is that right? I would say so. A good, good bit. I mean, it's yeah. good for, uh, for jobs, definitely keeping guys full, employed full time and stuff. So, and I mean, it's not, it's not a bad life either. I mean, pull like a double, like a 48-hour shift and then go on your merry way. It's not bad. It's like being at a firehouse. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think, you know, that's what kind of made me think about the fire department and alert is it's super similar because depending on the base, some bases sit like seven days straight. So pilots will sit there for seven days, which uh, I haven't done yet, but it may be in my future, and that does not sound awesome. Two days, maybe three, sounds nice because you don't get to leave. But then there's, what, six to eight or nine enlisted guys that are the maintainers? Yeah. So yeah. how's it? what's a what's a day in, day in the life at Alert? A day in the life at Alert? Oh, yeah. Man. Where do you start? Yeah. Obviously, it starts the day prior because you got to have your food plan taken care of. Because obviously, Smart. you already mentioned it. You're stuck there all day. So you got to have the right food. I get very snacky when I get to Alert, so... I usually take what I eat in a normal day and double it. (laughs) Good call. Me too. Yeah. But, I mean, you'll show up, you pick up all your gear, and then we have a separate alert building, so we'll drive down and then uh, get all your stuff set up. We'll have a changeover brief, um, talk about what's happening in the days coming up. And then after that, you hang out for a bit, just get kind of caught up with everything, your normal morning duties, and then except jets around like an hour or so after your changeover brief. And then depending on if you're flying or not, if you're not flying, you're probably chained to the desk doing queep or watching movies or in Chester's case, you know, get the leftover pizza out and head to the game room. (laughs) (laughs) And then, yeah, I mean, it's a good, it's a good chance to get away from the squadron, you know, just especially if you're Hank, sitting alert with one of your bros usually there's about two pilots on uh, on alert so if you have a good bro um watch movies or play games i mean dirty and i would play xbox like you read about but <laughs> yeah well and i think the thing that people may not understand is when you're at alert you're technically you're available 24 hours a day 
So you're never really supposed to be working. You're always supposed to be in what's referred to as crew rest. So you're not supposed to have a bunch of tasks, a bunch of things going on, because if the phone goes off at 2 a.m., like you, you can't say like, hey, sorry, I had a long day at work. I'm not going to be able to take <laughs> off, you know? So you kind of have to always be in some, at least a casual work environment, you know, rather than like some super high stress days. So what I did like about sitting alert out there was the building reminded me of like your, you know, your aunt or your grandma's house or somewhere that's just like really relaxed. It was always nice and cool inside. And you, it was not high stress because again, like the whole point is like, if any, if anything does happen at any time of day, like that's going to be stressful. So everything else needs to be low key. Yeah. And that's the, the deceiving part, right? Cause like when the spousal unit comes and visits and it's like, you guys aren't doing anything. I'm like, well, you know, that's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, but we could. Yeah, how many could? <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that that was one of the things that I had to get used to. And Mosey, I, you know, interested in your opinion, but you know, first that like, couple times sitting alert, you know, you wake up and it's like one fifteen, and then you're like, ah, I'll go back to bed, and you're like, what if the alarm went off right now? Like, you know, and then you just do that, and then all of a sudden it's like, cool, six fifteen, time yep. to get up, you yep. know. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Um, I mean, I still don't get good nights rest at alert just for that same reason. But I don't sleep in my flight suit anymore. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I do. I do change out of my pajamas and put my pajamas on. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's one of those situations where you're like, hey, I just gotta every second counts, you know, because there there is a period of time where it's like, hey, you you need to be able to get airborne within, you know, the time allotted, and and it's not a long time. No. Know? Yeah. That's probably the most terrifying uh, situation you can probably have is getting scrambled at like two o'clock in the morning when you're like deep sleep and you're just like, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm at alert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is this guy calling me? Yeah. Where am I? Just wake up. You don't recognize the room, but I do. It is comical to me that at the multiple alert bases or alert locations I've seen, it's always twin beds. And it's like, we yeah. couldn't have sprung for like a full, we know it's full grown men, sleeping in these beds can we not get a larger sleeping situation but you know i think the uh, uh the planners take the standard prison cell uh, <laughs> dimensions and then to be like that'll work <laughs> yeah 20 percent of that we're good yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh it's good but it but somehow even though it does have like you know you're like surrounded by barbed wire you literally cannot leave even if you wanted to you don't feel like you're trapped there, but you very much are trapped there, you know? You know, you know, in the back of your mind, you're just like, yeah. man, I would just kill for like a double cheeseburger. <laughs> yeah, you could be completely full, walk <laughs> walk through the gates, and you're like, gosh, I want Chipotle. Like, <laughs> what I wouldn't give for Chipotle, yeah. Well, and then that's, so when you're, when you're coming off alert, you got to kind of undo the whole process. So all the food you brought in, you probably ate the vast majority of it. Yeah. And then you're now you're like, all right, like packing up all your stuff, doing the like walk of shame out of alert, like carrying your bags and your flight gear and all that. And, but you walk out the gate and even though it's not stressful, there's just like this little, like, ah, you know, like, okay, I'm off of alert. <laughs> if the horn goes off, it's not my problem. <laughs> That's right. Well, I was, I was deployed and, uh, we were sitting, it wasn't real alert. It was like something dumb, like two hours. They would call you and two hours later, you'd have to be airborne. And you're like, 
we like brief 90 minutes prior to takeoff. Like we don't need two hours. But so it's the middle of the night and changeover was like four or 5 a.m. So I'm, uh, you have this little like flip phone, cell phone. And so I like wake up in the middle of my night in my pajamas and I like walk up to the ops desk to hand over the phone to the next guy who's just woken up and like starting his day. And, uh, and my DO was like, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you in your flight suit? Cause we were like flight suit required. Like even when you were sleeping or whatever. Oh, man. And uh, I was like, uh, I'm handing over alert. <laughs> and he's like, if that phone rings right now, who's going to go? And I was like him, like he's, <laughs> he just woke up. Like he should go. Like, <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Just throw it in the air and then whoever catches it. Uh, yeah. Was, so I got in trouble for that, but I was like, I feel like, like I get the letter of the law, but I was I was viewing it more the spirit of the law. Yeah, you know, and the common sense side of things. That's it made sense to me. Maybe it wasn't very common. Yeah, but it's funny you bring up Columbus because I was actually thinking about uh, some of the stories we had in Columbus. <laughs> oh <laughs> like, yeah, uh, the uh, I don't want to say it, but the uh, the water flood in the in that. oh man, <laughs> that was bad. Well. No, we'll say it. So we had, uh, so Mosey and I, we were roommates back then. So we, we were in a, a four bedroom house that hadn't been remodeled since, the 60s, I don't know. I don't the, know. The, yeah. 60s. They had uh what were they called? Per, pergo floors? Yeah. So those little, yeah, there was little like small sticks, like uh what? One inch wide by like three inch long little sticks that make terrible, squares. Terrible. And uh, well, and so I get woken up in the middle of the night and Mosey opens my door and uh he's like uh he's like hey and i i like look up i'm like what like what is going on <laughs> and then mosey just stomps his feet and then he's splashing and i was like this doesn't make sense to me and i was like oh no and then it finally like dawns on me when i'm like awake enough I was like this is not good so uh, i just bought a uh <laughs> a nice chair and uh and I like run into the other room and I pick up the chair, the whole chair, and it's over, over like over my nugget. And I like walk it to my bed and lay it on my bed. Like, <laughs> got to get the chair out of the water. Uh, Do you still have the chair? Oh, yeah, it's right next to me. Hey, yeah. there you go. Great yeah, success. So, that's right. But yeah, but yeah it was, that was the worst. And then the floors, we thought we were out of the woods. And then like a week later, after letting everything air out, the floors started warping. Peeling. <laughs> You, well, and then the best was the military housing, their solution for it. They're like, well, we'll just fix it when you move out. Like, cool. Don't mind the black mold. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, that was already there. That was was not because of the flood. But yeah. if I would have known what kind type of water would have, I probably wouldn't have splashed around. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. It's always the worst pipe to break is the one that's going to break. Uh, I'm glad I got my chair out of there. You know, uh, and it Priority. and it would have, yeah, it would have burst in the middle of the night too. <laughs> oh man, God, we had yep. so much fun in Columbus. I mean, I had a terrible time, but <laughs> we had a great time. <laughs> yeah, but other than the terrible time, it was awesome. Yeah, well, yeah, Mosey he ended up washing back a few classes uh, in pilot training, and if there's if there's one thing more stressful than being in pilot training. It's staying in pilot training longer than required. So Mosey had a extended tenure, but you got through. Yeah. You know, 
It's yeah. a Make-A-Wish Foundation. They made it there. <laughs> That's right. Guard dudes got to love it. The Because uh, some, some people going through pilot training, they are already hired by the Air National Guard. They already know where they're going, what plane they're going to fly, all that kind of stuff. So it's really just like a hurdle you got to get over. Where pilots, like people, active duty people, have no idea. It's all you're still vying for your aircraft that you're that you're looking for. So yeah, it's uh it's a it's a challenge, but it's uh you and uh whole uh, uh Flash. Flash. Yeah, he just retired too. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Man, dude, it was, yeah. I was super bummed when I got washed back, too, because, like, the class we had was just full of good dudes, and I was just like, man. Yeah, and then I got washed back again, and <laughs> now I don't know anybody. Yeah, jeez, I know. Like, uh, well, because how far? What? How many months were you behind our original class? Uh, so what? Our class was what twelve ten. Yeah, and then I graduated with thirteen oh three. Yeah, so months. So the way it works is, what's the top twelve thirteen twelve twelve? Uh, yeah, I think each, it's each month, right? Yeah. So then there's each. So the original number is the year. So 12 is in 2012 is the graduating year. And then the class to graduate in the year. So 1201, 1202, and then all the way to 1212, and then 1301. So uh, now they're graduating, uh, what is it, 2305, 04? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody listening to uh, to audio only, you're missing out on Mosey's uh, deployment stash, which uh, yeah. so you know, be jealous. A little stateside uh, deployment never hurts, but you know, yeah. got to keep the spirit alive. And That's right, stateside stash to the lowest crease, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> That's right. But as long as it's not off the bottom of your your chin bone, then uh, you're good. That's the that, well. That was everybody who, yeah. <laughs> Well, that was back when I was at the TX, you know, because I needed a good mustache to get through the C-Model TX. Uh. So it was uh, it was egregious. So <laughs> I, I was happy to do it. But See, but I got, got feedback. Oh, so, that's the best time. Yeah. It wasn't bad feedback. It was just like, has anybody said anything about your mustache? And I was like, no, they haven't. <laughs> I'm not going like, to be the guy okay. to say something. <laughs> that's right. And then you got to press to test. That's the key there. Yeah, uh, you know, just keep a little each time. Just. You know, it's got That's a mind right. of its own. Yep. But you're so how those? Hey, thank you. Yeah, I just got a haircut today, actually. So hey, just, happy haircut, just for you, Mosey. Thank you, gold. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the uh, so McIntyre has a F sixteen. Uh, block 52s. So that's the seed variant F sixteen with the uh, mighty two twenty nine Pratt and Whitney motor. How them jets doing? They busted. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean. Everything's getting old. The people getting old. Jets are getting old. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a the struggle is real, but maintenance does a good job of trying to keep the jets healthy and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, with the guard, you have a lot of experience on the pilot side, but also on the maintenance side. So, I mean, they those guys most 
for the most part, know the Jets in and out. So they, they do a good job of keeping Jets in the line. But, well, I feel like one of the – oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, but, yeah, Jets are getting old, man. Yeah. Oh, I feel you. Uh, the, I had not flown a jet that was older than me until I started flying the C model. And because uh, hey, T-38s were pretty old when we <laughs> Well, that's true, yeah. Sorry, I meant like a fighter, oh. like F-16s. Like I had not flown an F-16 that was older than me. Uh, yeah, the T-38 was like 62 or something crazy. You sure the, this thing still flies? <laughs> that's right. It does not. Ops test. Yeah. The uh, But, yeah, the F-16s, I mean, the oldest one I think I flew was like in 88 or something, like in 87. And uh, and then now you reverse those in the C model. It's like a 78. Oof. Oof. Yeah. yeah. Steam gauges. So Giddy up. Talk about, yeah, talk about getting old. That <laughs> uh, the uh, EX on its way, hot off the press. The uh, Even though there's another environmental impact survey for the F-15 EX at Fresno, even though they've done multiple. So, yeah. you know. I don't know. It's fine. Well, we'll see. But 18 of them. So I don't know what that means, sitting alert and flying jets, if you only have 18. But yeah, that's got to be pretty rough, right? Are yeah, you guys I mean, hope. 24 right now, or PA? Uh, well, I mean, theoretically, 24. So 24 PA is, uh, is kind of like, you have a plus, it's probably like plus 10%, maybe? 20% jets. So you'll have, if you're 24 PA, that's like how much money you get for for pilots, for maintenance, for parts, for flying hours, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but you have like 27 or 28 aircraft if you're 24 PA. Yeah, so eight, yeah, but 18 is not 18 PAA. But maybe the the maintenance, like it'll just, they just won't be broken. So 100% <laughs> of your jets can fly, which well, is crazy. You'd hope with brand new jets. Come on. Yeah. I don't know. I was talking to Tron the other day, and he said he he gabbed jet the one sortie, and then another day his and his IP's jet broke in the F-35. And I was like, this, I mean, these are brand, they're not brand new jets anymore, but they're, they're darn new. Yeah. Relatively new. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Compare, it's not, it's not tough to be the new kid on the block when it, you got B-52s and C models <laughs> yeah, and no all this stuff flying around. But. Oh man. You had any good fights recently? You fight any uh, jets on the East coast? Uh, nope, sure haven't. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm still doing all my my recall stuff, so oh, mostly yeah. in house, but it's fine. It's fine. It'll buff out. Yeah, that's right. Sooner or later, that's that's the way I view it. The uh, yeah, I keep wanting to get get all our friends together because out of everybody we know, you know, it's like Vipers, 35s, C models. Like, I know. You got to put another one of those. Uh, TDYs together again. Hopefully yeah. have some money. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I just want to go out for like drill weekends and stuff. And yeah. Go fight each other. Righteous. So is this the part where I get to share my uh, favorite Vader memory? Oh, yeah. All right. I guess that's the thing now. <laughs> part of the podcast. What do you yeah. got? Well, I mean, since we've only flown twice together, the powers that be didn't want us to fly together for some reason. I don't know. I'm they don't like fun. Yeah, you know. But uh, so the first, the first one I remember was when you were getting ready to PCS, and it was you and I went out to Rob Roy in the airspace, <laughs> and you were you were intercepting me, 
And I, <laughs> I always laugh about this because, like, I had the power up and I was accelerating. I was, like, 350, and you were running your intercept. And I was just like, what if I just kill the power here? So I remember, like, killing the power, throwing the out flaps out, and, like, slowing down to, like, 190. And then <laughs> I just see you coming downhill, converging on me. And I was just like, oh, he's going to overshoot like a big dog. And sure enough, you did. And then... <laughs> Before I had a chance to go offensive on you, you're like, knock it off. <laughs> That's right. We're just like both laughing on the radio. <laughs> the learning point was made. No need to no need to get gunned. But uh yeah. <laughs> but uh remember the old Wessup flight you and I did? Remember uh-huh. it was gonna be righteous, we were carrying Mavericks. Oh yeah. And so we get out yeah, so we check in. We got our chase ship, remember, and then I just had something going on with the jet and, like, the fuel system. I kept getting fuel warnings and stuff like that. So I ended up holding high and dry while you did your righteous maverick attack. And then (laughs) we come back, so I didn't get to drop anything, come back, landed. And then the debrief, I remember, it was dolphin guns, and they were, like, reviewing our tapes, remember that? And I was just, like, so mad because Dolph was just, like, eyeballing me hardcore and like super mad that I didn't drop and then we get finished with all that I get my little you know I get my my wrist slapped you should have done better do better next time standard debrief and then we walk out and I'll never forget this we, <laughs> you could tell that I was super mad and we're walking to the the van and you're like do you want to know my opinion and I was like no yeah I tell you anyways yeah <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that was you're the mayor of cockpit city and it's just like dude every time i think about it it just makes me crack up and it's like it's true and it's like if you're not comfortable with something legit like don't push it and i think that kind of just sticks in my mind that's one of the examples where it's like you know this isn't combat this is just a training event like yeah so i'm still mad about it but i yeah. still laugh every time you know, you want to know my opinion sure don't <laughs> <I'm Yeah. laughs> anyway that's right. Well, and I think you're right. And I think it's tough because it's a, it's such a fine line to walk with providing feedback to help, you know, as an older guy providing feedback to a younger guy and like where the line is on when you can make things happen versus when it's dangerous to make them happen. But at the end of the day, like it's that person's decision. If at that moment they did not feel comfortable doing it, like the answer is they shouldn't have done it because you don't want to, you know, the, it's become like, right now but like the normalization of deviations like you know you're like hey we're, we're now accepting more and more deviations and then we're gonna have big accidents but yeah no i agree no when i i had a heck of a time that i my employments were not awesome that day either so i think we were both a little uh like whipped pups after that where i was like come on get it together you know so well also i do remember so fi- flying fighters one of the things that uh if everybody doesn't know it beats you up pretty good uh, so Mosey and I, we'd been, because uh, we were fighting ACM, so uh, like 2v1, and we were fighting against like Eagles and all the other Jets that were there. Uh, so you pull a lot of Gs and you beat up your neck and your back and stuff. So Mosey and I hop in the rental car, and I can only look right to check <laughs> behind the car, and Mosey can only look left. So with our powers combined, we were able to clear behind the car to back up. Very safe. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, because again, you just you just get beat up in those airplanes. So now is I think those are good because they 
they teach you a lot, they, you know, because flying around the flagpole and just staying home and, and flying at your home base is good training, but going out to WESEP, going to other places, you get a lot of different experiences and exposures. Yeah, even if it's like a, like our last deployment was pretty benign, but I mean, as a flight leader, even a wingman, it's like, where, where can I, where am I going to be placed in a situation where things can go bad real fast? And like, just thinking ahead and using the, you know, doing that pilot stuff, like, where's my next tanker? What, what is C2 trying to get me to do? And is it the right thing to do? And it's, turns out it's like, you know what, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do it. And you just have to, you know, stand your ground and be like, no, that's not, that's not smart. Let's not do that. Yeah. And I, I think you would hope that a lot of people that are running, you know, in C2 or running the show and all that, they have all the information and they may have a lot of information, but the reality is like, they don't have that specific information to your aircraft. So, and if you don't have the specific information that affects you, like on my first deployment, we had, our tanker was giving us gas, driving 200 miles, giving people gas 200 miles away and then coming back. And my flight lead was burning gas faster than I thought we should. And I was just a young guy and I was like, I'm not going to do that because I know it is impossible for me to get gas for another hour and change. So going to the tanker at 45 minutes is not an option because they're going to be 200 miles away uh, and you're going to have to drive that distance. And sure enough, that's exactly what he had to do. Uh, but yeah, like having, having that situational awareness and having that ability to, to make decisions and then just stick with them is it's required, you know, and, and you learn it by those days where the aircraft's just acting up and you're like, yeah, it doesn't seem good, you know? And, and some days you're like, I'm not doing it. And some days you're like, we're going for it. We'll do it live. And then after you're like, that was a terrible decision. I'm not doing yeah. that again. That's <laughs> probably the worst thing is like when you second guess yourself and you're like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah. Did we get well, back yeah. safely? Yes. Should we have done that? Eh. Yeah. Well, I, had, I had a couple of those where a lot of times it was like with my ears. So flying like, you know, you fly on an airliner and they only pressurize to like 2,000 feet, like pressure altitude. So you can fly in an airliner with relatively congested nostrils or ears or anything like that. But in a fighter, like if you go up to altitude, your your ears are going with you uh, up to, you know, to 8,000 and scheduled up from there. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, pressurization wise, like, yeah. so there are multiple times where I'd get up to altitude and be like, ooh, I think getting back down to the ground is not going to be comfortable. That hurts. And yeah, yeah. And it's one of those where you like, it just feels like a pin, like a, just like a pin is pushing like on your eardrum. You're like, oof, this is not my favorite. And then slowly the pressure decreases and you're like, okay, that was too early after a cold to fly. (laughs) (laughs) That's the worst. Uh, Yeah. That, you know, it's so much of flying and I think probably life is just learned experiences, you know, and over time you're just, you kind of find where those bounds are and stuff. But I think flying a single engine, like single seat fighter, you kind of have to be ahead of it. Like you don't, you don't have the luxury of like, hey, I'll figure that out if the motor quits. And you're like, that's not, you're probably not going to do a good job if you wait until then. Yeah. If you think you're dead, wait, that's yeah. not a good quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now you have options, right? You have all day. You're like, oh, that's right. Engine quit. Oh, I got a left one. I guess that's only 50% of my engines nowadays. (laughs) Declare. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, you know, the funny thing about the C model is you, cause the F-16 is like super cut and dry. It's like stuff, stuff either works or it breaks and then it's gone. But in the C model, there's like redundancy. So you're now you're <laughs> like, Oh, I have to learn about all these redundant systems too. Like I, instead of just having like my primary, my primary failed, it's gone. Now it's like, there's a backup. There's a backup to the backup. It's like, whew, man, this is fancy. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can like uh, alternate, extend the gear and then put the handle back and then put hydraulic pressure back on the system in the C model. What? Yep. <laughs> For everybody who doesn't know, the F-16 cannot do that. <laughs> you put, you drop those gear, and it's just like, You're done good for you. Yeah, yeah good job. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm happy at that point if I get to that situation where I have to all gear extend. I'm like, eh, don't yeah. have to do a belly landing. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I had a gear situation the other day uh, in the C model, and uh, it was it was one of those perfect like hey weather will not be below thirty five hundred feet classic like, perfect because I would hate if it was below thirty five hundred feet so here I am eighteen hundred feet above the ground in the weather and I have a gear malfunction I'm like wonderful good great grand so uh, no yelling on we, the bus exactly so we figured it out but I. Uh, I don't do it perfectly, but we get back on the ground and everything. But that's one of those situations where it's like, if if I was not in the weather, this EP would not be as bad. Or oh. if I was in the weather without an EP, not a big deal. But when you're in the weather and you have an emergency, you're like, this sucks. Yeah, like, it's I'm awful. not straight up not having a good time. Uh, so are you guys going to utilize the back seat? You guys thought uh, about that yet or no? My understanding, so the Air National Guard, this is for the F-15EX, which is built with two seats, which is 100% more seats than it requires uh, by the <laughs> Boeing uh, glossy brochure. Uh, but the EX, um, ACC bought it as a form-fit function replacement for the C model, which is a single-seat aircraft, so as not to replace the Strike Eagle. So they don't, ACC and the Air National Guard do not intend it to be a two-seater, at least in the near term. Also, my understanding is they didn't buy the conformals, so that, like, crazy, like, 16 by 2 configure, whatever the, how many missiles it can carry. Yeah, it's not, it's not on there if they don't have conformals. So it's like a normal, like, 6 by 2 or 7 by 1, which is, turns out, still a lot of missiles. That is. uh, Because, yeah, the other day I went flying around, and I, like, shot a t- I felt like I shot a ton of missiles and I still had more missiles than I would have had in a seed scenario like a three by one I was still I was like four by one you know? <laughs> man I feel like I shot a ton of missiles already but so it's nice no that'll be cool I'm excited for you guys that'll be fun yep I mean it's just there's no TX involved or anything right you just pick them up learn the differences and on your way uh, I- I think there is a planned like week or two TX. Um, so it'll be, it's like a quick TX. But. Hi. Hello. Hello. You're interrupting our show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me and Uncle Vader are just talking. Yeah. Oh. I forgot to color a piece on a paper. That's all right. Oh, no. All right. 
Let me let us finish up here, and then I'll, uh, I'll do the things and stuff. You're watching Harry Potter. <laughs> no, it's not Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> it's the original one? It's in yeah. the Jones. That's right. It was Harry Potter before Harry Potter. Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. It's good. All of them? All eight or whatever? Yeah. Let's be honest. I got them. <laughs> yeah, I got them. It wasn't Cars 2? Uh, uh, yeah. It turns out I'm the only one that likes cars in the house. So I know my uh, my son's on a kick where he's uh, he's he doesn't like cars. He's like, no way, we're not watching it. So I'm like, fine, mm. just watch it in my spare time. Yeah, that's when you call up uh, planes. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, he hates the movie Planes, and I'm what? like, wait, we got to work on this. Mm. He wants to watch the original Top Gun, and I'm like, I don't know if we can do that. But <laughs> turns out there's more cussing than I remember in Top Gun. But no. No. Yeah. So we just go to the flying scenes. Sweet. Oh yeah. You should watch. I. I mean, I like the the BFM scenes in the new one. That's pretty legit. Yeah. Except for they were good. Yeah. Flying fingertip everywhere. Woof. Well, that yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> Does it? That that would be a navy tactic. You're just like, oh, just get real close, welded wing, while we do a ridge crossing. Yeah. Like oof. Oh, sorry. One. Did you want me in route or close? <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, I'll figure it out. That's a classic not listening in the brief scenario. Uh, oh, man. All right. all right, Mosey. Well, I'll let you get going. We'll redo this uh, another day, and we'll, we'll chat some more. Yeah. Um, solid 20 listeners. I'll be happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I just got to say this. Though. I was very impressed with your, your radio voice today. Usually it's like, Hey, this is a uh, Brenner with the Kodiak Shrimp podcast. Yeah. It's coming along, right? Yeah, it's great. What I do, I try. I just take all my like my I don't know baritone. I just bring that down. So I really try to get soulful with it. Yeah, dude, I've got a lot of feedback. Yeah, you literally so. just don't know you didn't. You have a uh, voice modulation issue. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll talk to you later, Mosey. All right. All right. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.